Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Clarkson gets in the lane, kicks out Niang, left side three, he's got three tonight, make it four. George Niang, four for four from three tonight. George Niang has four threes tonight, a season high, he'll try for five and he'll get it. George Niang's five for five from three. Niang, five threes already, give me six. Oh, George Niang, don't do me like that. Oh, George Niang, what a night. Six for six from three, just so smooth. Harrison dribbles and drives. Out to Niang. Seven for seven. George Niang. PJ Washington drives, sees Gobert, gives it off to Zeller. Rudy got back and blocked it. How did he do that? Rudy Gobert, he's just incredible. Right corner, Conley, do it again. Yes, do it right, Mike Conley. Utah, 108-92. All right, there you go. Uh, the Jazz end up well, one thirty-two to one ten against the Hornets. Uh, what's the what's the right description there, Gordon? Mopping the floor with Charlotte. <laughs> you can use that one if you want. And it was a historic night from three, um, as the Jazz scored forty-one points in the fourth quarter, outscored the Hornets forty-one to twenty, and uh, and just ran away with this one. But uh, uh, where do you want to start, Gordon? The the franchise record uh, in three pointers made with twenty-eight. You want to start uh, 19 of those coming off, uh, coming off the bench, which is, I believe, never happened before in NBA history. Um, you, you want to talk about Rudy Gobert's six block shots, including that sequence that uh, that Austin just played there where he blocked two in uh, just one of the more uh, amazing defensive uh, highlights that you're going to see of the year. I mean, it wasn't the perfect game by any means, but it was it was filled with high points. No, and I wrote about this. You can check it out at sltrip.com. This is one of those games where, with the way the Jazz played early on, it it, uh, it was not good. It was not good. And they were sloppy with the ball. They were taking bad shots, missing shots. The defense was weak. A lot of things going wrong. And then, all of a sudden, uh, Jake, and I'm sure you've talked about this last night and, uh, and saw it for your own, for yourself, uh, the way the Jazz, uh, it was like the Hornets were hand, holding a hand grenade and the thing just, the, the pin got pulled and the thing blew up. Just unbelievable sequence there at the end of the third quarter, straight through the fourth, where the Jazz just went from fiddle-faddling around to playing the kind of basketball that is frightening, frightening both defensively and offensively. And you you mentioned a bunch of the things there, but we should probably dive into each one of those things. And if you want to start with the 28 three-pointers, I mean, they're going to, they are, they're going to, they're, that's a temporary record. They're going to blow past that. And it's it's impressive, not only that the Jazz were able to do these things that we're about to talk about, but the fact that they started with uh, they, they, it was like being in the starters block and waiting twenty seconds before you leave. Yeah, you know, and they, and they just came on so strong, and it was like watching a distance runner make up that ground at the end where they have all the gas left and the opponent is struggling to hold on, and the Jazz just blew past them, and it's like when I play golf. Speaking of golf, 
Jake. You're going to uh, compare it, that that run to your golf game? Is this no, really it, about to it, happen? No, no. It's like anyone who plays golf. Uh, when you play golf, Jake, and you start out poorly, uh, can you usually scramble to get it back together, or is it just going to be one of those days? No, usually my golf outing is more, much more of a roller coaster than just it's not going to stay down forever, but it's certainly not going to stay up either. Right, and the Jazz were able to overcome the weakness at the beginning, and I and I wrote this that I in some ways that's more impressive than if they were flat rolling from the very beginning. Well, uh, can, for them to play they the way they were, and for them to shift into that high gear and just play the kind of basketball that you expect out of. A great, great team to make that change, to transform from, from as I wrote it, from a guppy to a great white is, is uh, the word is impressive. Can I uh, throw out uh, a couple of stats here to, to prove uh, your point that sure. you're just making right now? Uh, now, check this, Gordon. From the 6.50 mark of the third quarter until the 8.17 mark of the fourth quarter, the Jazz outscored the Hornets 41 to 11. Okay, 41 to 11. Now, now let's do this exercise. You have the box score in front of you. I don't, but I will. Here, pull yeah. it up real quick. May Austin, can you give us some uh, uh oh, Austin just left the studio. He's going to ask for some elevator music or something, you know, something just past the time as uh, as Gordon brings up the box score from last night's Jazz game. Hi, Austin. Everything all right in there? Austin is uh, is currently wearing a Nintendo shirt. It's like a Nintendo uh, paddle, like an old school one. Kind of like a real nerdy kind of yeah, shirt. from the 80s. Wait, hey, 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 are you looking up the box score? What yes, are you doing? I'm looking it up right uh, now. Have you got it yet? It's uh, it's just coming up now. Okay, got it. Okay. It's an MS-DOS system. There. Now, now I, <laughs> we can all agree that plus minus does not tell uh, the entire story. But uh-huh. in this case, when the Jazz, uh, during that time frame that I mentioned, from the end of the third to the beginning of the fourth, 41 to 11 was the run. Uh, I want you to look at the plus minus and tell me who was on the floor. Uh, For the I majority don't... of it, by the way. Well, Rudy Gobert. Uh, okay, yes, Rudy I... was one. Uh, Rudy finished Mike, the night at plus 24, by the way. Mike Conley. Plus Joe 22. Ingles. Joe Ingles plus 32. George Niang. Plus 27. So Oof. there's one more. Uh, my Jordan Clarkson at plus fifteen. That was was a part of that run. But there you go. I mean, I you, that those those plus nine minus numbers tell you everything you need to know about what lineup was truly effective last night. And George Niang with twenty one points coming off the bench, all seven of them threes, seven of seven. Joe Ingles and and can we put to rest the Joe Ingles needs to start to be good conversation? Yeah. Can we believe put, me? Can we the put thought that? went through my mind multiple times. <laughs> Twenty one points from Joe, six assists and five rebounds, and he was magnificent. Seven of ten from three. I love the attempt numbers. Ten attempts from Joe. I mean that it, he was great. But you can see that lineup that the Jazz put out there that that really made that run. But let's also. And not to be that guy, but uh, let's also not uh, like fool ourselves that Charlotte was it, it had any interest at all in playing defense. <laughs> yeah, but that same thing was true at the beginning of the game too. I mean, the Jazz were really struggling, even though they were playing Charlotte. Well, they scored thirty-five and twenty-nine in the first two quarters. Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, yeah. they trailed at half, but I mean, that's not that's not terrible. Thirty five is pretty darn good. Yeah, but the Jazz were taking poor shots. They weren't playing defense very effectively. And uh, bingo, that's the big one. And they were turning the ball over, man. It was that was a slop fest. Uh, granted, but, twenty-two uh, turnovers, and you still win by twenty-two points. Right, didn't turn out to be a factor. Uh, but to like, I I know that everybody's in love with Lamelo Ball, and I get it. He's going to be a fine player. I mean, you, you should hear David uh, talk uh, Locke talk about him, comparing him to to Magic all, already, and he's going to be a <laughs> he's going to be a fine player. But he Magic didn't... Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. <sighs> Uh, but he finished the game, you know, 21 points on eight of 20 shooting, seven rebounds and four assists. But he was, n- he is not as good as the Jazz were making him look in the first yeah. half. Uh, and that gets back to what I was saying about the defense, uh, lack of defense. I think that was the major problem in the first half. They were still shooting uh, something like 44% uh, after or at halftime. What does it say to you, Jake, that Donovan Mitchell, the Jazz's supposed star, is minus two. Why do you say supposed? And well, I mean, I'm talking <laughs> like about that's on this, in doubt. No, I'm, I'm talking about this particular occasion. He did. He did. Was not necessarily. I mean, he, he was a leading scorer, but he was he was a minus two. He and, also had uh, eight assists and four rebounds. This is where well, the plus minus doesn't tell the entire story. Doesn't. But the point is that he got a whole lot of help all around. Him. Absolutely, as he has all year. Which has been a, you know, we've talked about it a ton on this show. I mean, I, I still go back to the Joe Ingles comments uh, on with DJ and PK after the Shaq thing, where he's like, Donovan could score 35 a night, but he knows that that would be wasting, you know, a whole bunch of firepower that they have on that team. And he makes a, an effort to be a good teammate and to set everybody else up and all those other things that make Donovan Mitchell the unicorn that he is. Well, so, we, I, we, I mean, that's that's what he does. The eight assists, uh, what a great number for him. 23 and eight and four rebounds. That's a, that is a fine game from Donovan Mitchell. A perfect four of four at the line, too, which is something I know you've been paying close attention to. Yeah, it just wasn't as good as, uh, as uh, some of the other folks, uh, the game they had. So, so you let George shine. You know, you know what George said last night in the, the postgame, Gordon, that so stood out to me? He said, our goal is to be stars in our roles. Uh-huh. Role. That's going to come in. Uh, that's going to make more sense in the next segment. But I, I thought that that was really interesting. Stars in our roles. And if you think about it, that's what this team is. That's what this team is all about. That's what Mannix was talking about yesterday when he was heaping praise upon Rudy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's something that Donovan recognizes, too that others can be stars in their roles. But never, you know, that's why I, I joked a little bit when you said suppose it, but never question who th- certainly the the closer, the offensive star on this team is. It almost seems as though Donovan Mitchell, eh, I, I know this is, this is kind of weird to say, but it's like he doesn't care whether he has a great game or not. I mean, he wants to, but if he doesn't, if he, if he plays kind of, you know, plays all right, but other guys play great around him, and like you said, I mean, I mean, there are other ways to measure what he was doing last night. But he was as happy as if he had scored fifty. Did you, you see know? the the? I'm sure you did, Gordo. Of course. But uh, the, did everyone out there see the whole team pour water on George yeah. Niang last night? Yeah. And then, of uh-huh. course, Mia Aoni kind of had a little bit of a slide there. But I mean, I that 
That enthusiasm is awesome. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The Jazz tweeted out a, a video clip, and it was really well done, whoever shot it, but it was George Nye making a three, and then it kind of, uh, the, the, the angle pulled back, and then Donovan Mitchell comes into the foreground rooting on George Nye. It was a really, yeah. really cool video. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I think that's what Donovan's about. I mean, he's maybe, genuinely maybe happy for his teammates in those moments and wants them to be the best they can be. And that's, I mean, that's pretty, like I said, that's the, those are unicorn uh, and uh, abilities right there. Even Gobert fits into that category. And there were times a year ago when people might have wondered a little bit about that. But both of these guys have been paid. And it's not like that's all they care about, the money. But they, I really believe them when they say they want to win. Yeah. You know, and, and, and yeah, everybody wants to win. I get that. But in, in this case, I don't I don't get that egocentric thing like, no. okay, I have yeah, not only do we need to win, but I need to be the star and everybody needs to recognize me as the star. That is not the case with these guys. I mean Rudy Gobert was as happy last night scoring ten points and getting those six blocks and inspiring his team to play tough defense when it needed to be done as if he'd scored if he'd gone for twenty five and twenty five. I, I don't think he cares. He might care some, but not as much as the other factor. The other uh result is that man, the team responded and, and won the game. And look, I get it. They were playing the Hornets. They probably can't get away with playing the Clippers or the the Lakers or maybe the Sixers that way, but but uh, they they rallied and, and it was reminiscent of the great teams I've seen in my past. And I'm not I'm not crowning these guys. I know they have a lot yet to prove, but there are a whole lot of Jazz teams that you and I have watched, Jake, that would have lost that game yeah. last night. Could I could I comment on the Rudy Donovan thing real quick before we get yeah. too far past that and uh, and what you were talking about there? You you mentioned the money and. And then kind of said, well, it's not about a lot about the money. But look at it this way. The money is the spoonful of sugar that helps the medicine go down. Winning, <laughs> winning helps too. But when you're secure, you know, financially or otherwise, but when, when you're secure, it's a little easier to be a good teammate. You know, it's a little easier to have that unselfish attitude. And I don't think that's a negative thing at all. But absolutely them getting taken care of in the offseason helps. Well, 100%. Look, I mean, Okay, the first ten million I made was just kind of it was kind of uh, I was I was uptight about it, you know. But once I got that ten million, and then when I made the next fifty million, I was a lot more relaxed, easier to be around, and able to do my work better. Pull all of that. Uh, thank you, Gordon. Pull all of that, and and just save that for a rainy day. I'm <laughs> just kidding, but it, it does make it does make sense that these guys are at ease. They're comfortable. Yeah with where they are, and now they – and I think it's always been important for them to win. You've heard them talking about that for two or three years now. They have talked about how that's what – the championship is what they had in their focus. That's what they wanted in their scope. That's what they wanted. That's what they aimed to do. But but once you have that money, man, you don't have to worry about the little stuff. Yeah. And I know some people do. Yeah, some players are always concerned about that. And, uh, and, and, okay, go ahead and be concerned about that. But this is what you're seeing out of guys like Gobert and, and Mitchell. This is what winners do. You think Magic Johnson cared about his point total? He I do. Just didn't. Yeah. He didn't care. I do. You know? Uh, <laughs> and I, I don't think Bill Russell cared too much about what was on his statute. Uh, and he won all those titles. So it's, it's the right attitude. Wilt cared a lot, though. I'm just making jokes. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.